0: Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish.
1: Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirconish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio.
0: What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. There have been a number of pieces written on the subject of ageism recently that caught my eye. One was in the upshot column where there was a discussion of so-called old-person jobs. Old-person jobs are a mix of high-skilled service work like managers, sales supervisors, and accountants, and low-skilled service work like truck drivers, janitors, and nursing aides. And there was a, there was a graph in the upshot that I circled, and I want to read aloud. Using a longitudinal survey of households and individuals from the census, Richard Johnson... A senior fellow at the Urban Institute found, and listen to this now, between 2008 and 2012, workers 62 and older with a college degree had less than a 50% chance of finding work even after two years of actively looking. For the same age group without a college degree, that number fell to 35%. And so with that data ringing in my ears, I then came upon an essay written by Ashton Applewhite, who's the author of a brand new book titled This Chair Rocks, a manifesto against ageism under the title You're How Old? We'll Be In Touch. This is Ashton Applewhite. Ashton, thanks so much for being here. Good luck with your book. Thank you. You know, what's interesting is that people of a certain age are clearly (laughs) having trouble getting hired despite credentials and yet as you noted we're on the verge of electing a president who will arguably be 68 or 70 years old yeah it's a historic first so what what accounts for the disconnect why can i vote for one who's 68 or one who's 70 and and yet not hire someone who might be that age in my own business
2: well i think there's a lot i mean obviously the presidency is somewhat of an exception Uh, although John McCain has taken quite a bit of grief from his opponent for his age, uh, I think what happens is that so many older people simply don't even get in the door. I mean, since this editorial came out on Sunday, my inbox has been flooded with just terrible stories of people so depressed. Um, But the most interesting one, from my point of view, as an anti-ageism activist, was a guy saying, I thought it was me. I thought it was my resume, I thought it was my bell bottoms, just kidding about the bell bottoms. And once and, and my he said my life changed with your piece because now I see it as a structural problem.
0: Well the anecdote that you related that I think brought it home for me was JK Scheinberg. Can you tell us who he is?
2: <laughs> he is an old friend in both senses. Uh, he's how old is JK now? Sixty two. He was the engineer at Apple that led the top-secret two-year initiative to get the Mac running on an Intel chip, which boosted performance and price enormously. It was a huge deal. And uh, he retired at 54. He got a little bored, and he thought, you know, I'll go work at one of those Apple Genius Bars and help people out. I'll be good at it, and it'll be fun. And he went in. He was the youngest person at the—I mean, sorry, the, the oldest person by far. They do an initial group interview, and you say what you, your spreads are. And uh, on the way out, all three of the interviewers said, we'll be in touch, and he never got a call back. And that story has gone viral on the Internet since Sunday.
0: What accounts for this? What drives it? Let's, Let's you and I go into the minds of the prospective employer and try and figure out why might they be biased against people of a certain age or older.
2: I think because the entire culture is so obsessed with youth, which, P.S., is not, not so fun for kids either, actually. Ageism affects people at both ends of the spectrum. But there is this idea in our culture that younger simply equals better. We are deluged with advertising, with media stereotypes of old people as grumps or as idiots, every commercial you see selling, anything that promotes attractiveness, unless it's a cruise ship, is an older person, Every is a younger person, every billboard. And so with all these messages that really after 30, maybe 40, it's all downhill, we internalize those messages that our younger self is somehow more valuable, better than our older self, and so does the culture around us. And when they see gray hair coming in the door, they just think, you know, oh, that person isn't going to be a culture fit because the culture is oriented towards younger people, even though it's, a, it's nutty because, I, I mean, I'm 64. I, I know that my present-day self has, you know, a lot more to offer and a lot more domains than my younger self does, and I refuse to buy into it. But I've done a lot of thinking about it, and it took me a while to climb out of that hole, too.
0: I'm wondering if, uh, if maybe, and, and something you just said really resonated with me. I'm wondering if maybe part of the answer lies in the perception of purchasing power. I host a program every Saturday morning on That's CNN. That's another irony. Well, so let me let me lay this out for you. My program is on at 9 a.m. on a every Saturday morning on CNN. On Tuesday mid morning, I will get an email, and Tuesday morning, I learn what were the ratings on Saturday. Uh, Ashton, I'm not looking at the total audience. Instead, there's one column and you know the age range 25 to 54 and frankly the only stick of accountability for me is how did you do in quote unquote the demo? The perception Which is, is
2: completely it, crazy because people 50 and up control 70% of the disposable income in this country.
0: So okay, then why are advertisers, so dependent on that 25 to 54-year-old demo, why, why aren't they recognizing what you just said?
2: It, because of totally outmoded ways of thinking, for the same reason that, that JK couldn't get hired at the Genius Bar, because our obsession with youth has blinded us to the immense capacity of older workers, which, P.S., not only do we older workers represent this vast, unprecedented, untapped resource of knowledge and skills, there's there's going to be a skills gap in many, many, um, you know, many areas of employment. And if older people are forced out of the job market, how are we going to support ourselves? So I don't have the answer. I've written a book and devoted the last 10 years of my life to waking people up to this dumb, dumb, dumb way of thinking that is punishing so many people and that is punishing punishing employers, too, punishing the economy, too. I mean, what drives me nuts are those checklists that go, you know, 18 to 22 and 22 mm-hmm. to 20. They end at 65. If you're lucky, they get that far. Your, your demographic doesn't even go that far. And though everyone over 65 did the same things and bought the same stuff, they're going to live for 25 to 30 more years. Can you imagine thinking that way about a group of people from 25 to 60? Never, never in a million years.
0: This is Ashton Applewhite. The book is titled, This Chair, This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism. Before you leave me, talk to me about the lump of labor fallacy. What is it? Uh,
2: It is the the fallacy that the amount of labor in the market force is fixed. And where I see it in my work is people saying all the time, oh, those old people are taking jobs away from younger people. You see it, um, but it is not true. It has been debunked. Uh, By economists countless times, if that were the case, then when women started entering the labor market in huge numbers, men would have found themselves out of work. The market adapts. Older and younger people do not typically compete for the same jobs, although, you know, if jobs are really tight and everyone is desperate for that job as a barista to pay the rent, that does happen. But that's a labor market problem, not a too many old people problem. You
0: sound pretty spry for a 64-year-old.
2: Oh, thank
0: you. <laughs> I'm joking. And, uh, come on. <laughs> I know you're kidding. I know you're kidding. <laughs> hey, Ashton, I wish you all good things with the book. You've really struck a chord, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Ashton Applewhite. This chair rocks a manifesto against ageism. TC, this is something that, as a 54-year-old broadcaster, not so much for my, my radio self, but more for my television self, yes, it is. It is on my mind
3: because you have to look a certain way on air. What about like wrinkles, et cetera? That's important, right?
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's. I mean, it's part and parcel, right? Are you gonna do you do anything about it? I'm just asking. Like what? A little I'm, nip here, little and a little nip, little tuck. I famous last words, right? I don't think I would ever do that. I wouldn't. I don't think I would ever do that. Although I do oh, I, remember, maybe I would
3: if I was on TV, though.
0: Although I do I'm not against it. I do remember the guy who uh, in that mall. I told you the story about how I walked through that mall in Vegas and he oh, rubbed the, the stuff cream. on my eye the cream. <laughs> and somebody said it was like ass cream or who knows what. Temroid. Right, right, right. And, and I, it was amazing. Yeah, it was. Do you Operation remember? H. Do you remember the story? And then he wouldn't fix my other eyes. Yes.
3: Yes, because he wanted you
0: to buy the six hundred dollar bottle of
3: cream or whatever crazy. it was. Crazy.
0: Right. Absolutely crazy. Uh listen, I want to do something. I'm I, I I I love I'm not love is the wrong word. Fascinating. I'm taken with yes. yeah, I don't like it. I don't no. like the, the outcome of this. The but the older the older I get, the worse it gets, Michael. How about the guy who is my age, JK Scheinberg, the engineer at Apple who led the effort that moved the Mac to Intel processors. He checked out, I'm sure he cashed a big check in the process, decides, you know, I want to be active, I'll go work at an Apple Genius Bar. Never gets a call back. This is unbelievable.
3: Think a picture when you go into the Apple store, who's behind those desks. They're all like young hipsters, man buns, you know, the whole thing. And that's Absol- who's there.
0: Right. So, so from Apple's perspective, is it defensible to say, well, we want to look edgy, we want to look hip, I you know I don't know I, what, what's what's the answer to that. I just want someone that can fix my computer. Exactly, I definitely do true. not care. That I don't care if they're so, sixteen years so old. So
3: and I don't care if they're ninety six years that old. That is so true. Thank
0: you. But I want to do a a call round, and the calls that I'm looking for are the calls among the credentialed who are older. You can define what older is, and and give me your story of where you went, you applied for a job, you know, you know that that job should have been yours, but for your age.
1: This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM.
0: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4.
1: Listen to Michael live, Weekdays on POTUS, SiriusXM XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app.
0: Well, unfortunately, a lot of takers on this, this subject of ageism. Let's begin in Chicago with John, who is a Ph.D., Dr. John. Hi, John.
6: Hi,
4: Michael. How are you?
0: Tell me what's going on in your world.
4: Well, I mean, this is very similar to what she described, and, and it makes me understand the angry white male Trump supporter who's left. There's clearly a case of employers seeing that if you're older with a lot of credentials, they think a couple of things. One is people don't like people working for them who are older than they are because they fear they're, they're going to be outqualified. And, they, you know, they figure they can get somebody for less money. So, I, I mean, I have a Ph.D. I, I finished it about 18 months ago. Um, I've applied for jobs in academia, teaching jobs. Nonprofit jobs, corporate jobs, foundation jobs, think tank jobs. Um, I've had exactly one job interview in eight months, and that's um, and it's not through lack of credentials. But the, the problem is that in a lot of these sectors, um, I mean, if you, on any resume, it's it's really hard to hide your age because experience connotes age, and why would you want to hide experience? presumably the more diverse and diversify your background the better you're
0: qualified is it intimidating to the prospective employer the, the the idea that you're going to you're going to outflank them in in your case in age and education i think we lost john sugar guilford connecticut let's pick up the conversation with uh debbie debbie what's going on with you relative to this subject
2: Well, I'm a business owner. I'm 62. I actually love hiring older workers because I found they are so much more dependable. I've got one of my oldest people is about 76. um, And I found that I've probably hired over 120 people um, in the past 10 years. And I will tell you that the younger ones are the ones that always come up with the lamest excuses for why they can't come into work, they're less dependable, and they don't handle stress as well. And I find these older people are much more dependable, and they're the ones that are still with me. You have one other comment I'd like to make about the demo that you, um, that you referred to on CNN earlier, I don't know too many 24-year-olds that are watching TV that early on a Saturday morning, and most of them don't even have televisions anymore. I think the author was right that, Older people really are where the money is, and I think they've got they've completely missed the mark in thinking that the the younger ones are going to be the ones that are supporting them.
0: I don't understand why that continues to be. I mean, look w- w- here at Sirius XM; we operate in a non-rated world. If I were still back on terrestrial radio, I remember what it was like on a quarterly basis. At the end, before I came to Sirius XM, I was on eighty stations across the country, and and I would get detailed reports. Uh, as to how we were doing in every one of the different markets. And it was always in the 25 to 54 demo. And, And I would ask, well, why are we so concerned about this demo as opposed to others? And the answer was, well, that's where the purchasing lies. Those are the ones who are spending the money.
2: The other point that was interesting that the author made was that she's right about when you get to a certain age, uh, and this argument about Social Security and raising the age, if you can't get hired after the age of 55, what are we supposed to do until we hit 68 or 70 if no one's going to hire us and there's no Social Security?
0: There's well, going to be a huge gap in there. People are also living longer and they're living mm-hmm. healthier lives. Uh, not all, but, but many are. And so it, you know, it, it doesn't bode well for, for a lot of, of aging boomers and uh, soon to be uh, millennials and Gen Xers.
2: Well, I've gotten into this argument many times with my 24 year son. And but, it's, but it you, sounds can, to me, you know, it sounds to me like standards. you,
0: as a business owner, have had a good experience, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering why that message doesn't spread, and why other employers don't say we're missing something when we discount that whole segment.
2: The only thing I'll say to that is that there is one thing that I find true, and this I experience just getting older myself. I don't have the ability to stay up at 2 o'clock in the morning anymore like my son can when he has to work late. So, you know, if you're looking for somebody that's going to be able to pull all-nighters, well, then maybe people over 50 might have a harder time with that. But in terms of experience and their ability to manage a lot of different things and kind of think more deeply about things, I think the older generation has it way over the younger ones.
0: Thank you, Debbie. Dave's in Pennsylvania. I understand that his wife recently went through this sort of situation. Dave, what happened?
3: Looks Hello. Like we, lost Dave. we lost Dave. I apologize.
0: Yes, uh, that's me. okay because we have Lynn. Hello, Correct. Lynn. Thank you for your phone call. You were you were hired as a CEO at sixty six.
6: Yes, I was. It was my first job as a CEO after um, some forty years in the healthcare business. And I want to make two comments. Number one, I feel great because I'm bucking the odds. I just turned seventy this year. And I'm still employed as a CEO. And healthcare is one of those industries where we do appreciate age and experience, whether it's nurses or doctors or other professionals in the industry. Um, It's a valuable commodity for us.
0: Yeah, right. It wouldn't be a turnoff to have a physician treating you who was older. I would look at that individual as as having seen it all and and therefore can properly diagnose me. Exactly right.
6: So healthcare might be one industry where we're bucking the ads a little bit.
0: Lynn, thanks for that continued success. Irvine, California is where Lisa is located. Hi, Lisa, welcome.
6: Hi, how are you, Michael? All right. So I'm a baby boomer. I'm 52 and I work in higher ed, which skews towards older folks in leadership positions. And my experience has been, I've worked for some very, experienced leaders who, as they have aged, have demonstrated uh, memory issues, they don't remember conversations I've had with them, they don't remember decisions that have been made, and it can create a really uncomfortable dynamic where you're probably better at the job, but they have 50 to 100 people working under them, and it's this white elephant in the room nobody can talk about.
0: Hmm. I can't remember how this conversation began.
6: So what I'm saying is I think it's fantastic that people of all ages be given a fair shake in the marketplace. But sometimes as people age in their careers, they shouldn't be working anymore because the folks they're working for are carrying the load because these people can't remember (laughs) key conversations folks that they need to um work with in terms of uh volunteers i i well all i'm I'm saying is there's issues as people age in their careers that it's it's a third rail we're not allowed to talk about it but the people underneath them are suffering
0: well for some that may be the case i i just similarly don't like the blanket statement that says they're all like that and therefore we're not going to look at somebody who's 60 years old for for a job for which they're eminently qualified
6: Correct. And I would never do that. I'm just saying in my own experience in higher ed, this is a dynamic that I have directly observed and worked under. And so I just wanted to throw it out there.
0: Hey, a quick question, because you're from Irvine. Have you read yes. the LA Times series on uh, the PTA mom, Kelly Peters? Yes. Unbelievable story. I don't know how I missed it when it all went down.
6: I know. I have the same thought. It's it's really kind of hard to believe. And as a a mom who was very involved in my own kids' schools, um, not in Southern California, Northern, in Northern California, it's just hard to believe that that could go on. It's, it's unbelievable. Well,
0: I, I, think, I think the, and thank you for your phone call, I appreciate it. I think that any other police, not any other, most other police departments in the United States would never have been as dogged as was the Irvine Police Department. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I had... Uh, the reporter Christopher Gofford from the L.A. Times here a week ago, because I read it's a six part series and it's finished now, but it's still very prominently posted at the L.A. Times website. And it's all about a, a P.T.A. mom working at a local school who one day the police get called. There's a report that she has drugs in her car and she does. And rather than just arrest her, they listen to her. They find her credible and they undertake an investigation. And I'm not giving too much away when I say they weren't her drugs and it was all a setup. I wonder if we're going to get to see this uh, on TV. Uh, but what a story, TC. You read the whole thing as well. I told it at dinner last night because I I, I can't get it out of my head.
3: Yeah, it is. Um, if you're looking for something to read, just put it aside when you yep. have time. Go through all six chapters. It's called Framed. And, yes, you can easily find it on the L.A. Times site. And it is
0: absolutely unbelievable i treated if it like a, a uh, yeah. novella like a novel
3: yeah exactly exactly you
0: know just a short novel but it's 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 you do it in one sitting it's
3: got all um, the elements
0: yeah I, literally. Think lisa, I think lisa also missed my joke by the way when i told her i didn't remember how the conversation began but that's okay she, she, def- that she definitely is okay. Did. that is okay she wasn't okay.
3: expecting that right yeah
0: but on other days i am forgetful steve you are <laughs> in dallas texas talk to me about ageism
1: well, I've, I've experienced it in a different way. I, I'm a consultant, and my work frequently results in me testifying as an expert witness in court. And when you're testifying in front of a jury, obviously visual presentation becomes very important. And I have had cases where I've been considered as an expert where I have lost the opportunity because the opposing expert is younger and they are concerned about the younger versus older battle of the experts and that somehow younger will be perceived as newer, more up-to-date, smarter, more current, and so forth. And I have had other instances where I've had lawyers say to me, wow, you're 62, but don't look it. That's good. And when I was younger, I always wanted to look older. Now that I'm 62, I'm glad that I look a little younger, but I worry about what's going to happen over the next however many years of my career because I'm not getting any younger. And, And it's a different kind of ageism, but it's very real.
0: Where's the data that says that a younger juror will take you less seriously because you're 60 plus? Where's the data that says that... If I bring a guest on television who's sixty-five, I'm somehow going to lose that twenty-five-year-old viewer. I mean, what what is I don't it? That- if I, don't, I don't know that there's any data. And right. I think I, I, I think my my experience.
1: I mean, I I testified in court many many times. I, I think I think jurors are are very good at reading people at an intuitive level, at a gut level. They know when they're being fed a line and I I think experience matters at the margin, but I I think I think the premise of that particular client's point of view is rooted in his own biases that he's projecting onto juries. And I think we tend to do that. I think we tend to, to to listen to younger, wiser, hipper people, or at least they're younger and they're hipper, they may or may not be wiser because we somehow think that they are more in touch. And I think we discount the value of experience and perspective. Uh, and I have to remind my kids of that all the time, You know that, that the things that they are observing are not new. They may have manifest themselves in a different way, but there is a value in having dealt with these problems before. And if, if we lose that value that we place on experience and perspective we are hurting ourselves in so many ways
0: makes great sense the way you explained it I, i i should start to verbalize it that way to my kids i totally get it uh jim you are driving in new york i appreciate your patience what did you want to say i
5: did want to say that well first of all full disclosure i'm 62 years old and there's a reason i'm telling you this i was hired by my current company six years ago, and our average employee retention is 30 years. So our population, employee population, many of them, probably by far the majority, are in their 60s, and even some of them are in their 70s. So I want to make that clear at the outset, because one of the problems with ageism, and it is a problem, but one of the concerns, one of the motivating factors about it is succession planning. If you're going to hire people for key positions, and we have to say
0: Oh, I think I lost Jim. No, there you are. Hey, Jim, you dropped for a second as you were mentioning succession plans. Go ahead and make that point.
5: Sorry about that. Succession planning, if you're hiring a person who's older, their career runway is absolutely going to be shorter than a younger person. That's number one. And that creates a problem. You want to find yourself going through the process all over again because it costs money, and finding the right person is important. Second thing is if you continually hire older people over people who have been in place that are younger, You're going to have turnover in that staff because they're going to see no way upwards.
0: My impression, I'm kind of unique given what I do for a living, which are these various media platforms. My impression is that there's so much uh, turnover anyway in many job forces that the idea of somebody getting the watch after however many years is, is of a bygone era.
5: Sure, it's not about the watch, though, Michael. It's about being in the position and the being promoted to assistant manager, manager, director, assistant executive, whatever the case may be. If you see people over you are hired again and again because they have more experience, that path upward can only be achieved by you moving around and taking the position at a higher level in another organization. But the other problem is, as I said, when you hire people in their 60s and 70s, and I'm not saying it's inappropriate, it's just a factor, you have to consider the fact that you will find yourself sooner rather than later looking to replace that person because they retire or their health, and you know, whatever happens uh, to motivate them, they decide that they no longer want to be in the workforce or they want to change their careers, which also happens. I'll be changing my career in about six years, for
0: example. And going and doing what? Hopefully, teaching. That's, that's my goal. At what age? That'll be around 68, unless ageism stops me. Yeah, who's going to want to hire you at 68, I say tongue-in-cheek?
5: What have I got to lose? And the clock's ticking no matter what I do.
0: That's true. No doubt about that. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it, Jim. This uh, in San Francisco is Mike. Mike, you think we're confusing some of the issues. How so?
7: Yes. uh, Well, uh, what what, uh, that uh, uh, demo shows is that people who buy goods, the biggest segment of the buying population is in that 24 to 54 age range. It doesn't have anything to do with sexism or, or ageism it has to do with who buys the product. So if you are an advertiser, you want the people who buy the most uh, you want to, you want to broadcast to them. It, it doesn't have anything to do with hiring people uh, uh, at a certain age or ageism. It has to do with economics. I, I want uh, somebody who uh, the people in that age group will listen to so I can tell more of my products.
0: So it's all numbers-driven. There's data to back it up. That's where the spending dollars rest, and consequently, reaching them is paramount.
7: Yes, exactly. It doesn't have anything to do with whether you like old people or not. It's purely economics. By the way,
0: I'm going to be 80 in in two months, and uh, I'm certainly against ageism. Sure. I guess what I'm challenging is the, uh, what follows that then, the idea in some media circles that in order to reach a 25- to 54-year-old audience, you've got to put somebody on air who's in that demo as well.
7: Well, I can understand that. And by the way, the guy you just had on who was an expert, a jury expert, I, I wanted you to ask him what field he was in, because if he was talking about, uh, say, uh, something to do with uh, high-tech stuff, and you may want a, a younger expert because those guys tend to to be more knowledgeable. So it may not be just because uh, of his age; it may be because uh, they assume that uh, they have more expertise if they're younger.
0: Yeah, age. I mean, I, I have engaged, and thank you for your phone call. I I have engaged plenty of expert witnesses in trying cases over the years. Ten years when I was trying cases on a full-time basis, and and for me given the type of expert maybe it was an accident reconstructionist maybe it was a medical professional maybe it was an actuarial economist age for most of my purposes was a was a good thing unless there was some area of technology that i for the reasons you just but i i was i was one prone toward looking for wisdom you know a face male or female that was going to transmit that they'd seen many things and were there to offer their expertise as a uh, as a result.
1: Hear more of Michael Smirconish on SiriusXM's POTUS Channel 124. Live
3: weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SiriusXM app.
1: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays.